Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast with Byron Dempsey, dedicated to educating and inspiring the younger generation around entrepreneurship and practical life skills we aren't taught in school. Created for young people who seek direction in establishing their goals and passions. This podcast provides a platform for discussing the steps taken by professionals in their field related to handling finances, making money online, starting a business, growing a network, and much more. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast. Today's guest is a social media and marketing expert who specializes in helping brands and companies launch their new services or products. She has a successful podcast called Socialette, posting bite-sized marketing content to her audience, and the reason I brought her on is to cover a really important topic I think we should be learning at school, and that's marketing. She also discusses how she left the corporate world and what that was like, as well as sharing her experience going to uni, getting a job, then transitioning into small business. Steph Taylor and I met at a podcasting event a while back, and I've been following her online ever since. She's really nailed her branding and marketing, and today we're discussing how you can start marketing right now without having your own business or brand. We cover practical takeaway tips and things to do so you can get some tangible value from this episode. Let me know what you think, and please leave a review or a rating. Now, over to Steph. All right, Steph, welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to have you on. Um, Just as usual... Um, with my guests, I'd like to get a little bit of an understanding about who they are, what they're currently up to, and also what did you do after high school? So if you give me a little snapshot of kind of yeah. finishing high school and where you are now. Yeah, so I finished high school and like a lot of young people, I was very excited to move out of home and go to uni and I went to, so I went to school in New Zealand and when I finished... So did I. <laughs> Oh, did you? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I finished school in Auckland, it was kind of like a rite of passage. You move to this town called Dunedin where it's a big student town and everyone parties a lot. Exactly. And I'd like, I'd been brought up, my parents were like, they weren't super strict, but they were pretty, they were, they were quite conservative. So they wouldn't let me go out and drink and party and all of the other things. So I thought, well, I can't wait to move out Mm. and go to uni and party and do whatever I want, no rules. So I think (laughs) I was, in some ways, I was actually more excited about that aspect of going to uni than what I was studying. So I chose to study accounting and finance, which Mm -hmm. for anyone who knows me is not really the obvious choice for what you would expect me to study. And it was, I, I found it enjoyable because it was a lot more relevant than what we'd been learning at school. Like it was yeah. more practical, more tangible things that we were learning. But I also, I, the whole time I was at uni, I had this idea, okay, I can't wait to finish and get a real job. Mm. And then halfway through my second year, I got a quote unquote real job at an accounting firm in Brisbane. And that was when I left Dunedin, flew over to Brisbane, moved moved over knowing only two friends in the city and transferred unis, started working four days a week in this job and studying full time. Mm-hmm. Now, I pretty I pretty quickly realized that a job paying me $36,000 a year wasn't actually as much money as I thought it was once you have to pay it rent. Feel, it feels like a lot <laughs> when you've been earning nothing from high yeah. school, but suddenly you've moved out and you've got all these expenses as well as earning. Exactly. And it was funny because I used to get paid monthly and it worked out to be, I think in my bank account, it was maybe $2,500 every month that mm. got deposited. So the first time I got paid, I was like, oh, this is so much money. And I spent it all probably in that first two weeks. Yeah. 
And then I realized, oh, actually, there's another two weeks before I get paid again. Yeah. And yeah, so going from uni life and school life that had been very, very flexible into corporate life, that was a bit of a shock to the system because you're expected to be at your desk at mm. 8.30. If you're late, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. You're expected to put in the hours and if the work's not done at five o'clock, you're expected to cancel whatever plans you have and stay until that work's finished. Mm. And I think for a 19-year-old, that was a lot of responsibility because I hadn't realized up until then my life had been fun and party and no responsibility. And suddenly I had these clients that I was doing work for and I had to be responsible. And I think the the novelty wore off pretty quickly. It's such a big shift. And yeah. like the same for me because I went from high school into business, but I was the Far opposite. <laughs> I was the opposite of me having all the structure. I had zero structure because you're when you're in, running on your business, you're all self accountable. Yeah. So it's like I had to be getting up early. I had to be doing this stuff mm. without the accountability, which is really hard. And, it, yeah, it's such a big shock to the system, especially because, when, you, as you said, Dunedin, I know Dunedin, I got mates yeah. there. It's just party central. It is. It's, it's... Um, my sister, I think, is planning to go there when she finishes high school. <laughs> and as you said, it was a good point you made was I was more excited about the partying and moving out of mm. home than I was about what I was studying. And yeah. I think that a lot of people can probably relate to that, and it's probably the wrong thing. If that's what you're mm-hmm. feeling, like, sure, everyone's going to be excited to live, live move out of home, have a roommate, you know, there's yeah. going to be hookups and whatever it is. But, you know, mm. if you're only choosing a subject because you want that lifestyle and you're not actually picking the subject for it, yeah. I think it can be very dangerous. Yeah, and I think a big part of the reason behind why I chose accounting and finance was, so I grew up, like, both my parents are doctors. Their parents both worked super hard to send them to good schools so they could get a good degree and get good jobs. So my parents were brought up with this mindset of, you go to a good school, you study, you get your degree, you work in a stable profession for 40, in the same job for 40, yeah. 50 years. You know? It's a 1950s education it system. It is. And like in some ways I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But also I feel like there was more, I felt like there was more that I could give to the world than I could in a corporate cubicle mm. working 8.30 till 5, or 8.30 till 8 realistically yeah. those days. Yeah. Exactly. I think... You know, once again, it's, it's very powerful that that mindset because so many people. That's the whole reason I started as a podcast is because mm. of what you just mentioned. The education system was, yeah. or it still is, go to school, get an ATAR mm. or whatever it is in yeah. Queensland. Um, so get your get your mark, get into uni, mm-hmm. get a job, retire, sort of thing. Maybe you get two or three jobs yeah. in different, but it's going to be the same thing. Um, but I think now, like, the average person's, you know, doing 9 to 12 jobs as opposed to back in the, you know, you know 60s, 70s, 80s when it was, like, two or three. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I really wanted to take a gap year. Mm. And my parents always, it was always, oh, take a gap year after you've got your degree. Wait, get your degree first, then take a gap year. And then once I had my degree, it was, oh, wait until you've worked a couple of years and the yeah. firm that you're with can send you overseas to work in London for two years. Yeah. So it was never like that time to take a gap year and to assess what I was actually doing with my life. That never actually happened. And the best time is after high school, I think. Exactly, like, yeah. I, t- I always say this. I always say take a gap year. Yeah. Unless you're 100% sure what you want to do and you're passionate yeah. about it. The thing is, you've just finished high school and HSC is hard. Mm. Like, it's not as hard as uni or, like, actually entering a job. <laughs> but it is a big wake-up yeah. when you've gone from, you know, none of your marks actually matter technically in the first five years mm. of school. It's year 12 with the only marks that actually go towards your yeah. end score. It's just super stressful. And so just take a gap year. 
chill, travel, learn, and chances are, what if you start traveling, opportunity is going to come to you. Yeah, like, and you figure out who you are. Exactly. So one of my best friends, she out of school, she thought she wanted to do law. Then she she did a gap year. She came back from that gap year and realized actually she wanted to do teaching.、Mm. Complete shift. Simply, so she wanted to do law because I think that was maybe what she thought was like a good job to do. And then she actually realized, well, no, teaching was what lights her up. She wanted to do law because it pays well. Well, I don't know. I mean, why does anyone want to do law? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's really interesting, and it's just funny now. Like at this time when I'm now 27, and everyone's kind of. Done a couple of years in their jobs. They finished their degrees. They've worked a few years in their jobs, and people are realizing actually this isn't all it's cracked up to be.、Mm. Maybe there's more out there, and it's so interesting watching, like almost like a second wave of friends who are now starting their businesses as a way to get out of that corporate grind. Yeah, and so what I want to try to put out there is, is don't wait until you're 27、yeah. to enter this. Here, <laughs>、no. learn from people like yourself who are、yeah. saying this, and you know prevent it from happening. Have a gap year. Figure out what you want to do. Don't do accounting. Um, if you don't want to do it, exactly. You know, because and you know, what are you doing now? Are you doing accounting now? No. Well, okay. So to be fair, there is an, a certain amount of accounting involved was, in running a business. I was about to say accounting is actually quite a good skill. It's a bad example. <laughs>、yeah. I wish I wish I had some accounting skills. You don't need a four year degree to know enough accounting to exactly. Run a business, so、yeah. that's the thing, and it can be outsourced. So it's an expensive way of doing your business accounting.、Mm. Um, like my my time would have been much better spent if I'd done advertising. So I actually have a master's now in advertising. But if I'd done that as my undergrad degree,、mm. that would have saved me four extra years of study. Yeah. yeah, and so you did. You studied accounting, and then you studied advertising. Yeah, so I did accounting, worked for a couple of years, realized accounting wasn't what I wanted to do, went back and did advertising. Yeah, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people, almost all of my guests, have done something similar.、Mm. Actually, Brioni, who I was telling you about earlier,、yeah. did, she did accounting as well, <laughs> and now she's a producer doing in a creative industry. It's so, so funny. Yeah, like accounting law. Engineering,、Business. finance, they all seem to be like the the safe careers,、yeah. but it's actually funny because they're becoming less safe.、Mm. AI is seriously taking over the number of jobs in accounting. Yeah. Same with law. There's much less of a need for junior lawyers because the basic junior lawyer tasks can be done by AI. And anything math related, yeah, computers are starting to come in.、Exactly. Obviously, they're not going to be able to take over like an engineering whole engineering job, but they'll be able、yeah. to reduce the amount of engineers required for a job. That sort of thing. It comes down to another thing I've said a few times. People are—I don't know the exact statistic—but、mm. people who are finishing uni, there's like a huge chance they're going to be working a job that doesn't exist yet. Yeah. And it's like, how do you study? How do you choose to study, or how do you choose a pathway for something that doesn't exist yet? Exactly. It's like impossible. Yeah. And so I think the way you can't go around that is your mindset and learning, like what this podcast is all about. If you can implement strategies so that they'll prepare you for any job or any situation in the real world. Yeah, it's about those transferable skills、mm. more than studying for a specific career path. I mean, when I was like when I was finishing school, there was no such thing as social media market. Well, there was Facebook had just sort of become a thing. Yeah, but it wasn't mainstream. But yeah, there was no Instagram. Instagram didn't exist when I finished school. Yeah. Same with like launch launch strategy. Yes, there were things like launch strategists, but they weren't as much of a thing around online courses and online memberships and digital products、mm. as they are these days. So it's really funny because I've just through a series of pivots I've fallen into a career that didn't exist when I finished school. Well, you've gone from it not existing to now where it's probably washed. Like online courses are everywhere, exactly, and it's like just kind of blown up to a、yeah. point where everyone's like, "Oh, I'm sick of them." 
But also remember, we are in the business space, so yeah, we true, see, true. we get all the ads yeah. for the online courses. I always have to yeah. remember that. There's so much space. I mean, so Amy Porterfield always talks about one of her students. So Amy Porterfield's like a big course creation. She's kind of like the course creation queen. Yeah. And one of her students does a course on how to create caramel apples. Mm, right. You know, like the candy apples that they make in America in Halloween time or whatever. I'm sure it's a unique course and but people it, are it's receiving crazy. it. It's sold like crazy. I think they made like a few hundred thousand dollars yeah, from it. Yeah, because niching is way to go. Yeah. So even when you think there's so many online courses out there, there's still a lot of potential for new ones. Mm. Yeah. Um, going back to what we were talking about with the transferable skills. Yeah. So one that I personally 100% believe in, and I know you believe in too, is marketing as oh, a transferable sure. skill. And it's not just like marketing that we do. Like we're both mm. in the marketing space. We work with other business owners. We do like proper hardcore marketing, yeah. even simple concepts that will allow you to market yourself better to get a job and um, to, to get into that uni mm. degree to, be, to to meet people that give you, you know, stepping stones into whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you think younger people can start doing around marketing? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to start thinking about what kind of brand you want to build for yourself. And a brand's not... Okay, to start with, a brand is not a logo, right? Mm. You don't have to have a company or business name or anything to be a brand. Like, you as a person, you're a brand. For your reputation. Exactly. Like, even if you're not trying to build a personal brand business, you're still building a personal brand. You know, you think at school, like, there's always that kid who is really loud and talks back to the teacher. Yeah. So, when somebody mentions their name, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's the loud person. Yeah, that's And that's brand. their brand, right? So, think about what kind of brand you're building and start to get a little bit more intentional about what you want people to say about you when you're not there. Do you want to be known as the loud one? Do you want to be known as the funny one? Do you want to be known as the really kind one? What do you want your brand to be known so as? So, it's like your social, not your, your social status in high school. It's kind of like your brand when, you were, young, when we're way. younger. When we're younger. Yeah. And we're, what we're talking about is how can we actually start building a brand for when you're leaving high school, when you're entering yeah. uni and when you're leaving uni so that this mm. brand allows you to get more opportunities than it would for someone who hasn't got no brand at all. Yeah, especially if you're, you know, like if you're moving cities for uni, if you, it's like a fresh start. So you actually have that opportunity to create your brand from mm. scratch. You can say, okay, well, do I want to be the loud, annoying person or do I want to be a little bit more thoughtful and considered in how I approach things? Um, do I want to be the smart person or do I want to be the helpful person? Do I want to be the person who goes out partying every night? Yeah. Or do I want to be a person who's, you know, a bit more respectful and harder working sort of thing? Yeah, and you can it can be a blend of those things. I mean, you can be the smart person who goes out partying every mm. night. Oh, yeah, you can, nothing is bad. You can keep that up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's so important as you get older as well. And I didn't realize this for the first couple of years into my career was it's so important what kind of impression you leave on your employer, your clients, your coworkers. You want to leave a really good impression on them and you want them to think of you five years down the track as, oh, like, I really liked that person because they were really helpful. Yeah. I think, like, for me, if I was to make this practical for someone, mm. for me, when I was building my brand when I was younger, didn't realize that I was doing it at the time, but because I was in video, I was always yeah. doing free jobs and stuff. People, they care about the product, right? But if they have a better experience with you, if you come up, if you rock mm. up on time, you do a good product, but you're, you're engaging with them, you're really respectful, um, they enjoy your presence, yeah. um, they're more likely to work with me, I found. Um, versus over people who were like, they just go in and focus on the video. They didn't focus yeah. on talking with a pe- person. I would be like, you know, how, what, what are we actually looking for here? What do we want from the video? Mm. What, what is the objective of the video? Um, just because it looks, someone did a prettier job, if I actually hit the objective better, 
um, they were more happier. Even if this guy had better cinematography skills, he had a better camera and stuff. And that's kind of like building a brand as well. Exactly. It's also like, networking, I think. Yeah, is a huge and it's, part of it's it. also how you make people feel, right? Mm. So by you, like in your approach, you're making people who might find being on camera really uncomfortable, you're making them feel comfortable. Yes. Compared with this person who might have amazing cinematography skills but doesn't say two words to the person that they're And filming. that's something I'm actually struggling with my business right now. Is I, want, mm. I was like, I've been looking to hire people and I'm like, do I find someone a video guy and train him in these communication skills and then making someone feel comfortable? Or do I find a communications person and just train him in simple video (laughs) skills? Because I don't know which one to go with. Because for me, the communications is more important because the the videos I do are very easy. It's just setting up a camera and a tripod and a microphone. Don't even need lights. We just kind of go on the move. Mm. Um, So almost like communication skills are better. And so that's where I think it's just having good communication skills in everything you do, um, leaving a good impact when you're working with someone. And it's also opening a mindset that it doesn't have to be professional. It could be if you meet your mate's parents or something. Yeah. Even if you, you make a good impression with them, maybe down the line they can give you an opportunity or something. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Everyone you meet could one day turn into an opportunity. And that's not. And it's so funny because sometimes you'll, you'll find people who, it's sad, but there are always people out there who will ignore everyone else in the room apart from the people who might lead yes, an opportunity yes, for them. Yes, exactly. But the, the fact is, right, everyone else in that room might one day lead to an opportunity. You don't know how. You like, could be sitting next to the next Mark Zuckerberg or something. Yeah, exactly. And if you're that person who's rude to everyone else, they're going to remember you as that rude person. So is that really how you want them to think? I think it comes, it, it's funny because we met at this uh, podcasting yeah. event and we had kind of three days with a whole bunch of speakers and some of the podcasters there were yeah. like the biggest in the world. Yeah. And what I found from them is they gave me just as much time who was, I'm more, like, I was a no one compared to a lot of people mm. there as they did with everyone else. And I was like really impressed by that because these like yeah. big guys, they get paid, you know, thousands of dollars to speak. And they were talking with me, talking with everyone to the same amount. And I was like, okay. These guys are like, yeah. I, I really admired them. And now I listen to the podcast. I'm a big fan of them. Yeah. So like your impression of them is that they're generous, right? Mm. When I met you at that event, my impression of you was like, oh, like whippersnapper. This guy's like such a go-getter, mm. right? And because they're not many 21-year-olds or how old are you now? 22? 21, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like they're not many people your age who are doing what you're doing. Mm. And that's part of your brand. Like own that. It's yeah. awesome. And so yeah. all everything we're talking about right now is marketing. Mm. And so sure you know, we can do marketing like Facebook ads and all this sort of marketing. <laughs> but if you bring it down to the con- conceptual level, you need to be marketing yourself from a young mm. age because it's going to create ripple effects in the future, yeah. especially with a network. Because oh. what, what we're saying, everything, everything we just said will help build your network. If you're leaving good impressions with everyone and telling them what you're kind of looking for, oh, I'm looking to get into accounting or something, mm. someone will go, oh, I know an accounting firm that's looking to hire. Or it'll, it'll yeah. come up at, at one point. Yeah, like... What's really interesting and one thing like I really regret is 15 years ago not buying stephtaylor.com. Oh, I've spoken about this as well. And I think everyone, every young person, regardless of what you're planning on doing, if you're planning on even just going, like even just becoming a lawyer, still highly recommend buying your own dona- domain name because that's so important for marketing yourself, right? So I have byrondempsey.com. Yeah. I've had it for five years because my dad bought them. Mm. About five years ago, and he's had byrondempsey.com, my brother, danieldempsey.com, and my sister. That's so smart. He's had all the, the .com names oh. just kind of there, and I was like, hey, do you? Because I, I went to get it, and it was gone. I was like, who the hell took this? And I was like, oh, my dad's got it. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, and he just transferred the domain to me. And I was That's like, oh, amazing. this is great. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if, even if you're in like a corporate job, just redirect that to your LinkedIn page. The same applies to Instagram handles yeah. or, you know, 
your Facebook page or something, yeah. if you just book it, you know, get it now. Claim it. So and that someone with the same name doesn't take especially Steph Taylor is probably a bit more yeah. common than my name. So yeah. <laughs> the .co was the best that I could do. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it, it's funny because, yeah, no matter what industry you're in, whether you're running your own business, whether you're working for somebody else, you're per- like you can still use that website as your platform. Maybe it's going to be where you write your blog sharing thought leader articles that make you like the person your boss absolutely loves mm. because you're like going above and beyond. Maybe it's where you'll share articles that get you asked to do speaking and workshops. You never know what it could lead to. So if you can just start putting those foundations in place, like I wish I'd started doing that 10 years ago. Yeah. I think most people who are listening will wish they had started. Oh, you know, if they're, once the time they're 30, yeah. they'll be like, oh, I wish I did this when I was 20 or whatever age it is. Exactly. And and I, it's funny, what, what you just mentioned, I think, is kind of what, in the community that I'm in is what we call like an entrepreneur, hmm. someone who's kind of being entrepreneurial yeah. in a job. Like even if you're in corporate, you could be doing a blog post and now your boss likes you more because people are seeing you and they're finding out you work for this company and yeah. so on. And it also means if you do end up quitting corporate, now you're not just gone from earning you know $100,000 a year, whatever, in corporate to earning nothing and you've got no brand and yeah. nothing and you're like, what do I do now? And the other thing with having a brand is then you might find that you actually start getting employers reaching out to you being like, oh, I'll pay you double what you're earning at your current job if you come work for me. Mm. And it's, yeah, especially with jobs where your skills are really in demand. Yeah. So that's how do we make this even more practical because I love making yeah. things practical. Everything we've talked about, we had some practical tips in there, mm-hmm. um, just building a network. I think number one, I would say, instead of brand, get on LinkedIn, right? Oh, yeah. Get on LinkedIn. Like, LinkedIn is huge right now. It's yeah. got the organic reach that Facebook had in 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be gone in a few years. But get on LinkedIn and just create a profile, follow a YouTube tutorial on how to do it. And get, get up there and start building your network through there. Because it's super impressive when someone finds a 19-year-old or something and they've got a decent LinkedIn profile. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, okay, these guys, are they're not just partying at uni. They're not just in need and partying at uni or something. Yeah. They're actually serious. And so I think that's one practical tip. Do you know anything else? As you said, another one would be get your name domain. Yes. <laughs> claim all of your URLs and handles and everything. Um, another practical tip would be think about how you can give how you can be generous. So I don't know, it might be helping somebody else with your time and your expertise and just sharing what you know with people. Mm. I mean, I do that through my podcast. I share everything I know through my podcast. You do that with your podcast. Yeah. So figure out a way that you can share what you know and not just what you know, because you might feel like, oh, I'm still young. I don't, I'm not the expert at anything, but your perspective matters. And that's, that's exactly yeah. like, for me, the reason I interview guests like yourself is because mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not going to talk about depression like I did in episode three yeah. without a guest because I've, it'd be disrespectful because I don't, I don't know enough yeah, about it. Yeah. But by bringing guests on, I can have a platform that allows us to talk about topics like mm-hmm. that. I would really only be comfortable in educating people and like marketing, maybe some simple business strategies and some just kind of overall mindset shifts. But the rest, yeah. everything else I talk about is bouncing off a guest who's the expert in that industry. Yeah. But like you and your guests give so much advice and mm. so many tips and that's really generous so focus on yeah like giving and don't value. expect anything in return yeah if you just give without expecting anything in return it'll come back to you tenfold anyway eventually yeah. and if you're doing it without expecting anything but you kind of are hoping to get something in return mm. i feel like we, people can kind of tell yeah so <laughs> be genuine you're not expecting yeah. anything in return when i've done you know i used to do video stuff i do it for free Mm. I didn't expect anything in return. I hoped they would give me more jobs. Yeah. I didn't expect it. Yeah. And often they would. 
and often or they'd refer, tell me, refer me to someone else. And it's like, oh, this guy's willing to work, just get some experience, you know, pay him 50 bucks or whatever, and he'll come out and do a good job. And when you did the video stuff for free, you probably still showed up how you would if they were a paying client, right? Exactly, yeah. So because you showed up like that, you didn't show up like begrudgingly being mm. like, oh, this is a free client, I don't care about the yeah. result. You still gave it 110%. And because of that, they probably thought, oh, this, is, this guy's awesome. Yeah. I know how I'm going to feel as a client, so I'm going to pay him. And it's so easy to do at a young age because if someone, if I was doing a free job now, I probably, unless it was, I, I could build a partnership or it was really actually good for me, it was just a yeah. free job, I'd probably show up and wouldn't be giving it as much because mm. I, I was not worth my time. But when I, was, <laughs> when I was 16 and stuff, I was like, yeah, and I was super passionate about That's it. That's awesome. So while you're young... Yeah. Take advantage of being able to, and it's hard because video. It's easy to work free for video, and I don't know what people listening are into, because you know we're both kind of in creative business sort of thing. Mm. But if you can find a way to just get experience shadowing, oh, find sure. a way to shadow. If you're a photographer, find a way to shadow a photographer. If in accounting, you can shadow an accountant. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, um, there's someone yeah. out there you can shadow and learn from. Yeah, and don't be afraid to work for free at the start. I yeah. mean. You might, you'll probably hear all advice from people being like, oh, charge a premium price, you can get premium clients, but you actually need to have once you, case studies. Yeah, once you've got a proven product and a yeah. track record, you can do that. But at the beginning, yeah. work for free. And it's not devaluing yourself when you're young and you've right. got no experience because people will be like, don't work for free, it devalues yourself. But Not when you're young. Not when you're young and not when you're hungry. And, yeah. you know, often people will pay me anyway. Like if I did a free job, they'll slip me 50 bucks cash. And I'm like... Yes, that's so good. Yeah. 50 bucks is so much when you're 60. Yeah. And when you're living at home, that's the that's the best time to work for free. When you're living at home, you're not paying bills, you're not paying rent, you might not even have to pay for groceries. Like yeah. it's that you don't all, all the money that you're earning is going towards what drinking and whatever else. Yeah. So movies or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that's the perfect time to be working for free. I say it's perfect time to take risks as well. Yeah. Like start start doing your net. own thing because mm. if you fail, what's you're still living at home. Yeah, <laughs> you're not exactly. kicked out of your apartment. <laughs> you've still got everything. Yeah, really, you might lose some money, and it'll probably be a small amount of money. Yeah, but like now's <laughs> the best time to take risks when you're young. It's like you've got the stability of your business just being a side hustle. Oh yeah, you've got like the stability of almost having a job basically because you still have a roof over your head. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you have so much time. Like, if I'd spent the time that I spent studying for my first degree working on a business... Oh, I know. I don't even want to think about what I could have achieved. Yeah. But, you know, it just it unfolded the way it did, and I don't regret any of it because that's all part of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. And so um, if we to... I want to shift the conversation to sure. sort of the same thing, but I want to talk about a bit about social because that's kind of mm-hmm. what you do. It's what I do, so we can probably get some. Yeah. We might get a little bit detailed, but that's okay. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts just on social media in general in terms of the younger generation? Obviously, we're putting a lot of money into ads. Um, mm-hmm. People are freaking out because Facebook is scarily sending these ads and stuff. What are your thoughts on how it's affecting the younger generation? Did you grow up with social media in high school? <laughs> Facebook in our last maybe year or two. Of so school. not not really. So not really. Yeah. yeah. Compared to like, well, we had Bebo, Bebo, Bebo. and MySpace, yeah, which yeah. is probably much beyond, like much before your time. MySpace was primary school for me. <laughs> um, but that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty brutal nowadays. Yeah. Like Snapchat's a big one. Just stories, I think, are a big one because if you don't get invited to a party. You get to yeah. watch it on your story or if, oh. whenever people are doing stuff, you get to watch it all. You know, someone does a shoey for a 21st, you're sitting at home. You oh. can watch it from like a 360 almost. Everyone films it and puts some of their story. 
That's um, awful. Yeah, no, when I was in school, it was mess- MSN Messenger was like maybe year seven through to year 11 or so. And then, yeah, Facebook came out when I was in year the 12. Facebook, Facebook early days is so different. It wasn't even Messenger, was it? It was just Facebook. Yeah, I don't think, I think Messenger came out maybe when I was in my last year of school, when I was in year 13. Yeah. But even then we still texted each other because nobody mm. had data. Everyone had like 100 gigs of data, 100 megabytes of data a month. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, on top of that, TikTok has come out. Yeah. Um, which is dangerous. I but, haven't um, really explored TikTok. I was just, I, I downloaded it, I looked at it, and I instantly, I was just like exhausted. I don't want to deal with another social media I know. platform. <laughs> and I, I was the same, but I was like, oh, but it's such a big opportunity. I need to get on top You're of it. You're a video it. producer, that's why though. Yeah. And um, <laughs> oh my God, it's addictive. It's, it's, it's funny, but I just think, once again, it's the same. It's a dangerous thing for the younger mm. generation. And we've talked about how if you're going to be on social, we both make a lot of money through social media. Like, most yeah. of my money comes through social media, videos through social media and Interesting. stuff. Um, or, like, in some, yeah. some way, most of my money comes from me doing social media jobs, right? Yeah. Because I post clients on people's, yeah. people's social media. So I'm making money through it. So are you, I think. Not anymore. So I'm focusing more on yeah. the launch. I'm focusing more on strategy for launches rather than the actual done for you social media yeah, these yeah. days. Um, but yeah. you have made money on it before. I have. Oh, yeah. In the past, like I was basically running, a, I was running a marketing agency doing that. Yeah. And until I realized I didn't actually want an agency and I burnt it to the ground. <laughs> same. It's literally the same Like, with me. again, it's, you know, it's all part of the journey. You've got to figure out what you want to do, what you don't enjoy doing. From the outside, I was like, oh, a marketing agency. That's exactly what I want. I enjoy doing marketing. Yeah, same. What I didn't realize was growing an agency is actually more about managing the people than it is about doing the marketing. Yeah. And that's where I thought, actually, I no. Hate management. Yeah. And it's like people have full-time jobs to manage clients. And yeah. the problem with when you're a business owner is you've got to do everything. Exactly. Unless you have, like, you know, 20 grand to just pump into your business and hire a bit of a team. But then you still have to manage that team. Exactly, yeah. So it's, yeah, so if you enjoy, if you're the person who enjoys editing the videos, then growing a video agency isn't necessarily the best position for you because yeah. you're going to end up managing those people who are editing videos. And something I talk about, you know, I say a lot is, you know, a dentist is the worst person to run a dentist business yeah. because <laughs> they're a dentist. They're not a business owner. Yeah. Unless, and unless they're like me who I love video and I love business, so I do video and business, unless they yeah. love dentistry and they're entrepreneur and they start mm. that. It's like restaurant owners. So many people start a yeah. restaurant because they want to be a chef and they want to they want to create their own menu and everything. And then they end up just having to do marketing and they have to end up managing a team and they burn to the ground. And how many restaurants go under? Like I'd love oh. to know the stats on that. I know hospitality is a tough industry, but I'd just love to know how many restaurants. And I think go the businesses under. that actually do well are the business owners who start restaurants. Mm. Or you get a partnership. You get business, someone who loves business and someone who loves food or yeah. dentistry or something. And so if you're listening out here and you can think which one would I be, obviously you're too young to know if you like business yeah. or if you like what you like, but if you can try to figure that out, because um, I think yeah. a, huge, a, a huge thing you could do is if you've got a mate who's really good at something and you're really good at something and you start yeah. a business together, you start like a little side project while you're at yeah. uni or something, you could create something quite cool. Exactly, yeah. And it's so funny, the dentist example, because I actually had a client who he himself was not a dentist. He was a marketer by, like, by trade, right? And he owned a bunch of dental practices in far north Queensland mm. where he had dentists who I think they co-owned the practices with him. Oh, yeah. But he was in charge of like, you know, the running the business, the marketing the business, mm. all of that. And then the dentists were doing what they do best, which is dentistry. Yeah. Dentists, their zone of genius is not marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I think... 
but the world we're kind of moving into, I think most people need to learn marketing, as I oh, said before. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it's just, I, I, I should probably do some research and figure out some more practical tips. But if you can just actively start following people, marketers mm. on, on YouTube and Facebook, start watching videos, listening to marketing podcasts, listen to social at your uh, podcast, <laughs> yes. <a> marketing podcasts, <laughs> yeah. you know, marketing podcasts everywhere, marketing oh, so stuff many. is everywhere. Start building your awareness to how you can network, how you can market it, because it's just going to, it's hard to get across to someone who isn't in our position and they're like, well, we don't, I don't care about this stuff. But the, you will care in five years, in 10 years or whatever. Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's like um, you're a guy and you're still young, so you probably won't get this. But when they tell you in your early 20s, start using eye cream. Mm. And you, you don't want to in your early 20s because you don't have wrinkles yet. Yeah, but yeah. then when you get to 50, you'll probably be like, oh, I wish I'd started using and eye cream using when I was now. 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like when they tell you to floss. When you're, when you're young, you're like, oh, I don't want to floss. Or like, fitness, when your yeah. you know, metabolism's, when you're 20, your metabolism's yeah. unstoppable. And it's like, start doing <laughs> fitness now so that when your metabolism slows down, you're still going to say fit. Exactly. And people will be like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting fat. Yeah. And some of their hit, you know, 25, 30, 35, yeah. whatever it is, and they, their metabolism slows down, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm actually yeah. starting to put on a lot of weight. Or even, like, running shoes. They tell you to wear the correct running shoes, and mm. then when you're in your 50s and 60s, everything hurts because you didn't wear the right running shoes. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> building in habits early yeah. on so that when you hit a certain age and stuff, yeah. you're not going to regret it. And so what we're saying is start, start learning marketing, start building your brand, mm. get on LinkedIn, get a domain name, get a website for yourself, even if it's just, hi, yeah. I'm Byron, I like doing... I want to get into this. Or even easier than that, even if you just point your domain to your LinkedIn page. Yeah. So when somebody goes to byrondempsey.com, it just redirects to your LinkedIn page. And it looks professional. If you can send byrondempsey.com instead of... um, LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash whatever. Yeah. 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 um, Awesome. So we've spoken about marketing, about social media. Just kind of before we wrap it up, I want to talk, um, can I ask a question? What would your one piece of advice be? For, for the younger generation, it can be around anything. It doesn't oh. have to doesn't have to be what we just spoke about. But what would you advise to the younger generation? Okay, so this one's really your. As a listener, you're going to be like, "Oh no, what what advice is she giving?" But okay, don't worry so much about what people think. Mm. And it's really hard because when you're young, what everyone thinks is like everything, right? Yeah. It's the most important thing especially when you're at school, when you're at uni. But as you get older, you realise, like, people don't care about what you do or what you say half as much as what you think they do. Mm. So don't care about what other people think and don't let what other people think influence your decisions. Yeah. If you want to go and start a business, you know, selling pink feather hats, go do that. Like, just you do you and don't care that people might be like, oh, she's a weirdo for starting a business selling pink feather hats. Mm. But just do what you want to do. Yeah. 100% agree. I think it comes with maturity. Mm. Like, as you said, it's hard to get that message because people hear this all the time when they're younger. Don't yeah. care about what people think, but it's hard to not do it. I know when I was in high school, I still care. I still care now, less so. <laughs> but I'm sure it kind of comes with maturity. Yeah. And, yeah, I think oh, that's sure. super valuable. And, yeah, and, like, for example, with my business, right, it took me, my first business was an e-commerce business and it took me about a year and a half to realize that actually I hated this and actually it's okay if I close that business down and start a different business. People, yeah, people might think I'm a failure, but you know what? I don't care. Like deep down inside, I know I'm not a failure. At least you're trying. The problem people have is they're scared to fail, so they never start. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to start this because what if I fail? People are going to make fun of me for failing. 
it's like failing is like the best thing that can happen because yeah. now you've learned. Like I've did the same thing. I've done some e-commerce stuff. I failed. Yeah. I don't think many people knew about it, but even if they did, I wouldn't care because failure is yeah. important. It's so funny though. Like you look at like the biggest names, um, Elon Musk, um, oh, um, Bezos, like all of the big names, yeah. right? You don't hear about the stories before the success. You don't mm. hear about all of the different things that failed before they started the business that succeeded. Yeah. So if you can try things and just see what works and just think of it as like I refer to it as throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. It's experimenting. It's figuring out what you like, what you don't like. And one day you'll just be like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Awesome. Yeah. Steph, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. All right. If you are still here, thank you so much for listening to this entire episode. If you got some value out of it, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on iTunes or shared it with your friends or family. Otherwise, I'll be putting up videos of this episode on Instagram and Facebook. So check it out there at Byron Dempsey or at Driven Young Podcast. And I'll see you on the next one.